When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Golik and Smetty here. I don't like time zones. Welcome to another edition of Golik and Smetty. Mike Golik Sr. here along with Jessica Smetana. I don't, you know what? I never even asked. Do you like Jessica better or Jess? Or do you not care? Oh, thanks for asking. Over a year into this podcast, I appreciate your thoughtfulness. I know. The truth is I don't care. So that's See, why I'm I amazed. corrected you. You, you still, you still what, got a dig in on me, didn't you? <laughs> You still did. Oh, hey, thanks for asking. We've only been doing this for a fucking year. Thanks for well, finally asking. I was waiting for you to ask, Michael Golick. I mean, that sounds <laughs> weird, so I'm not going to say that ever again. But, no, to answer your question seriously, people have always asked me that, and I just really don't care or have a preference. The only thing that I think is weird is when people call me Jesse. I'm not a Jesse. No, you're I'm not a, a Jesse. Jess, I'm a Jessica. I'm never a Jesse. Yeah, okay, I get that. It's been interesting with my son, Mike, who is 33, that people still call him Mikey. I mean, <laughs> that, that, there are some that well, just that hasn't gone away. The, so does Stugatz call him Mikey? Because I know that Stugatz has a producer named Mikey and another producer named Mikey, and so he, he calls a lot of people Mikey. I think he just calls him Gojo, which I'm, okay. I'm glad he has that nickname because the, the, when, when Mike and I go on together somewhere, it's like, hey, how do you, you know, senior, junior, yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing. And so Gojo works uh, for him. So, all right. So you don't care. Jess no, Je- I don't care. And to, to go back to the Gojo topic for a second, I've known Mike as Mike prior to him being known as Gojo. Right. And so now I feel like it's forced when I call him Gojo because it's like a new nickname. Yeah. And I don't like that, and that confuses me too. So I, I call both of you Mike, and it is just even more confusing when we're all together. I know. So, yeah, it's, a, a, it's weird. A lot of times senior and junior works fine. You know, yeah. stud and son of stud is another way that <laughs> we could. Old man Mike. We, well, oh, yeah, you can do that too. Like. <laughs> all right, all right, Jesse, let's continue on now with <laughs> it. See, it just doesn't sound right. No, it just no, it sounds doesn't. like a, a a pet name or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so I can do either, and it only took me a year to figure that out. So, cool. Cool. All right, how are you? Everything good with you? No, I'm fine. The only thing that is is bugging me today, not to like continue to to shit on you, Mike, is that now your time difference is off of mine by three hours. Yes. And it's really confusing because you live in Arizona and they don't have daylight savings or something like that. I don't understand why that's a thing, but it really threw me for a loop this week because I don't know if we were doing it at noon or at one and I don't know what time it was where you are and it just was a mess. Yeah, it, it, uh, daylight savings time can be a bit of a mess. Now, it was said years ago that this was for the farmers, but it, it has since kind of evolved uh, from that. And, you know, you, Notre Dame, Jess, used to not change as well. Parts of Western really? Indiana. Yes. 
Parts of Western Indiana did not change. There was a couple of places around the country. So let me, if you don't mind, Jess, give no, you a little me, bit please. of I'll give, give you a little bit of history. Okay. This goes back to 1968. Okay. Okay. When the the, the Nixon what, administration, I believe, what was out there was the Uniform Time Act. Okay, okay. it was called the Uniform Time Act that mandated daylight saving time, and the state legislation out here in Arizona refused to sign it. So they were like, "Screw it, we're not going along with everybody else. We don't want to sign it. We're just going to stay where we are." So one of the things that you get out of daylight savings time is you get the extra hour of daylight, correct? When when you right. okay. So the one thing here in Arizona why they didn't want it is because if you've been out here in the summertime, it's the hottest time out here, and the one thing they didn't want out here was an extra hour of sunlight. So they they. Okay. they they well, didn't, it, but it's still it's but the, it just it's earlier, right? Because there's still the it's same just earlier. Of sunlight. So right, okay. but so instead of like five o'clock, it's four o'clock, and Got the it. sun will be out longer. A lot of it was done for so around the country, so that when people would get home from work, they would have a little more sunlight before they wouldn't right. get home from work. It'd be freaking dark out. If you know, we remember back. You know, back when I was at Notre Dame, you know, well, actually, when I was there, they didn't change. But when Mike and Jake were there, I was just talking about it with them. And with Ben, my son-in-law, who played at Harvard, they would have practices and it would actually be getting dark at the end of practice. And it's just depressing. So daylight savings time would give you kind of that extra hour of sunlight. So you had that. And Arizona didn't want it because they didn't want the sun out. Again, I know that there's still 24 hours in a day, but... I honestly, I wish everyone just re- rejected signing it because I think it's stupid. Like, I don't, and it's now been like two weeks and I don't know what time it is where you are. And I know that it'll be different in September than it is now. And it's just confusing to me. It, and it I wish we all just did. The Uniform so, Time Act made everything ununiform. So here's the thing, Jess. Tell. Here's the thing. And I, you know, I don't, don't mean this as a knock. It happens every year. It happens every year at the same Time, you know, like Christmas every year, Easter every year, daylight savings times happens twice a year. I don't care. Okay? Not, but but on Christmas and Easter, I get to like eat candy and and cake and open presents. Right. Like this doesn't do anything for me, but make my life more difficult okay. because of your state. So so understand, it isn't like thirteen of the states. There's two: Arizona. What, what's the other one? Hawaii. Arizona. I had no idea. Okay, see, here's an education for you, right? I appreciate this. This is a okay. good history lesson. So Arizona and Hawaii, but you don't have to worry about Hawaii. All you have to worry about, as long as our relationship Why do I is have going, to worry about? because you don't have to deal with Hawaii. You have to deal when I'm in Arizona. Okay. As long okay, as this okay. relationship is going, I'll be. You know when I'll be in Arizona. Arizona will either be two hours behind you or three hours behind you. That's it. There'd be no nothing more different than that. And at the same times every single year, this will happen. I don't know why Fine. that it's hard to grasp. No, time zones, they screw me up. And the other thing that screws me up is when you go abroad and they have the 24-hour military clock thing. Yes, And yes, you have to yeah. add 12 and yeah. you miss your flight because you don't know what 1630 means. I just wish everything were the same for my convenience because I'm not very good at math. So this is when I was doing Mike and Mike for years. Greeny and I would always talk about that we should just cut it down the middle. 
We should just move at an hour and a half both ways and keep the same time throughout the year. Just at well, one point, just change it an hour and a half both ways and then don't ever move the clocks again. Isn't Newfoundland like two and a half hours forward? Because like most time zones are like on the hour. On the hour. I'm pretty sure they've got an extra 30 in there. So, so I'm, I'm not going to lie. I know all the United States time zones mm-hmm. because I live in them. Mm-hmm. And abroad, I don't know. That's when I go to the world clock on ah, my phone. The world clock. And yes, because I don't, I don't care about any other places unless I'm going to, like I'm going to Ireland. For the, hopefully you are. We may be out there together in, in Ireland so. for the Notre Dame Navy game. So I'll look down there, and then I'll know, okay, how far. It's uh, either what, nine what, hours ahead of you or ten hours ahead of you. Depends what men, month we go in, I guess. Right, but we know when the time changes. It's two times a year. They, they don't try and fool you at all. <laughs> no, but okay? the, it comes up quick, <laughs> and no one knows the date. It's just like you suddenly wake up a morning, and you're like, wow, I'm really tired. And then you realize yes. that it's because... We've sprung forward. Jess, everyone knows the date. Everyone knows the date I, when no we're one doing knows the, What's the date? What date was it? Tell me. Because it's always a Saturday. It was like two weeks ago or something like that, wasn't okay, it? Okay, well, that's not a date, so... Well, I don't remember what the date was, but I knew... <laughs> check me. But I knew when it was coming because it's everywhere. People talk about it. Time is going to change. Well, we didn't talk about it until two weeks after, so I had nothing to get prepared for. Okay, so now do you feel you have... The, the information now to know that as long as you're dealing with me, you'll deal with me in Arizona at certain times of the year. And the only effect will be during one of the time changes. Okay? Sure. So then, when March okay. comes, we know what spring means, right? Spring forward. There you go. Fall Less means sleep. fall, fall back. means More fall sleep. back. There you go. Okay. See now we're getting it. So so now do you feel the next time change will be will be on par? No, because you're gonna be living in Indiana at some yep. point and then you're gonna be on the same time zone as me, and that's yep. gonna confuse me too. When I'm on the same time zone as you, that's yes, gonna be I'll confusing. Have to think about like where's Mike this week? I don't know. I'm kind of, all of a sudden I'm where's Waldo on the world <laughs> time clock. You live in th- okay, just understand the fact that you live in three different time zones throughout the year. Yes. Yes. That's yes. most people live in one. So You're right. it's a I lot do. to remember. It is three. Okay. I'll, you know what? I'll give you that. I do live in three time zones. That, that's true. When I first come out here to Arizona, it's just two hours and then it does change to three mm-hmm. hours. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. All right. I didn't know we were stretching your brain power that far. <laughs> All right. Like I majored in television yeah. at Notre Dame. Television. Not applied math. Not... <laughs> Business a, school, engineering. I can't. Math. I can't even name another major that uses math. I'm not a chemist. Okay, but television. In, in television, part of television is what have you been doing in your time in television? You've been doing interviews, and interviews happen at certain times. So you and have I to always know. get them wrong. Oh. I always get them wrong. I have to have everything in two different time zones. It's so confusing. <laughs> Sometimes the calendar changes it, and then you travel, and it doesn't change it back. It's the worst. Anyways, I don't like time zones. All right. Well, no. And listen, you're not alone. And and it would be interesting. It, the, there, I don't think there's ever been talk. It would be unbelievable to sit there and try and make one time for everybody. Um, but that's the history of it. 
going back to, to I liked that. I like the history. Can we do a history lesson on every show? I mean, what else do you See, what else do you want to tell me about? I know history? the history lesson on every show is going to involve me because I'm the old person. So you're going to want right. me to do the history. Well, what, of something. what history am I going to tell you? Like something that happened in 2006. I mean, your generation does not think that anything happened before 2000. So. <laughs> Y2K, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. So the Uniform Time Act, that was it, Jess. The Uniform Time Act. I learn something new every week. 1968, the state legislature here in Arizona voted to opt out of that Time Act. I will say one thing that I have learned a lot about, um, and one thing that has taught me a lot about time zones, I should say, is Formula One, which... We are both watching this season because every yes. week they are in a different time zone and a different race. This week they were in Saudi Arabia, which right. is seven hours ahead of the Eastern time zone. So I guess 10 hours ahead of you after daylight savings, but nine hours. See, now I'm catching on. See? Um, Mike, did, did you know, were you aware of any of the controversy of Fernando Alonso finishing in third place? Because I think you'll really appreciate how silly what happened was this is this is what what's good with you and I is and again so we're gonna we're gonna obviously talk some F one obviously college basketball men's and women's side Notre Dame women's still in it and then sixteen uh, yes and then some NFL but I I am still the casual F one fan I finished the last season of Drive to Survive so I'm all caught up and I've watched the first two two races in and out because that has gotten me a bit I need to do a better job. I think the next one's in Australia, I think, right. in the beginning of April. So I need to make sure I know when it's going to come. Because I'm used to getting up Sunday morning and watching it. And I know what the time change can really mess with that. I think um, that one's going to be on at like 1 a.m. or something. Yeah, yeah. So, like 13 so, hours yeah so that's going to be a little tough. All I know, hasn't Fernando Alonso, there's only been two races. He's been into the podium twice, correct? And the that dude's is like, correct. And he's like 41, 42 years old, yes. something like that. He's That's the a- oldest driver. He's in the Aston Martin car, which is right. really fast this year. Yeah. And he finished in third place. But then after they gave him the trophy and sprayed him with champagne, they told him that he had a 10-second penalty that they applied to the end of his race time. So then he actually ended up finishing in fourth place. And George Russell, Russell? who thought he was in fourth, got the trophy tweeted about, you know, like, uh, Fernando really deserved this, but right. I, I'm grateful to win, blah, blah, blah. But then Fernando Alonso's team appealed the 10-second penalty, won the appeal, and then he got the trophy back, like, four hours later. So he finished in third, and then finished in fourth, and then finished in third. So that's what that's why, where I'm different than you. When something's over, I move on to the next thing. <laughs> and all I had heard was it was a five-second penalty, and Russell was 5.1 seconds behind him. So the penalty wouldn't have adjusted anything. So I don't know. I didn't know and until now that it changed to 10 seconds. And we went back and forth and they appealed that. So Honestly, thank you it's, for that. It's even, it's even more confusing than that because he did get a five-second penalty and he served it during the race. And then he got a 10-second penalty for serving the five-second penalty incorrectly. And that one was tacked on wow. after the race. Yeah, it's really silly. Like, the rules are confusing. Well, you know what's amazing, and, and I'm trying to think of other sports where where in Drive to Survive, when there's an issue like that, how the principals can talk to the head of the racing, like, right then during the race, you know? Well, of, I think they changed that rule after that happened two years ago. Like, they, what happened two years ago in Formula One, for people that aren't aware, was like an unprecedented 
season finale race where there was a humongous debacle and after that they changed like who the race director was they changed right. how you could communicate with them and all of these things but you can still appeal um certain types of decisions which is what this team did so it, it's like waving you know throwing your red challenge flag yes except, yes you know it happens after the race is already done and they've already like celebrated and given the guy a trophy and everyone's you know done watching the race on tv so if you don't have if i didn't have social media i'm not right. sure if i would have known that this even happened well it's kind of like the olympics in the steroid testing right when you get the medal and then years yeah, later right, when something maybe. happens you get it right. you get stripped of that medal and, like and it the, gets mailed to somebody else the ncaa vacating <laughs> yes you know, wins yes which is the stupidest res- thing in the world sending awards yeah really i do stupid. like one of the headlines sergio perez took his first victory of the year it was only two races i mean yeah it's not like there's been <laughs> right. you know a ton of races but win. he does get the the win for Stappen, who started 15th ends yeah, up second in this so they red bull goes one two again then it's alonzo after the yo-yo act and then it's Russell and Hamilton from Mercedes. And it sounds like Mercedes is going to already be doing some changes. Toto was talking about changes oh. to their cars. And this is now the second year in a row we're kind of questioning what's going on with Mercedes. Last year they kept – everybody was porpoising for a while, and they seemed to be doing it longer <laughs> than everybody else. And now it seems like they have other issues. Well, that's the other whole controversy, which is that – they are probably the second or third fastest car, but since they're not the first, everyone's grumbling about why and what they need to do and if the entire concept of the car is all wrong and whether they should make improvements to this car or just give up and start working on next year's car. So, yeah, things are off to a, a good start when those are all the existential questions you're asking yourself after the second race of the season. So the one thing I want to ask you before we move on to basketball, last week we talked about some of the newcomers are any of them doing anything, you know, at this point, like wowing us as the, these newcomers that look like they're 10 years old? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, not really. Like the American driver, Logan Sargent, has had two pretty good drives, but he is he hasn't finished in the points in either race. Right. So, you know, that, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Like he hasn't he hasn't won anything yet, but he looks pretty good. And then the other, you know, rookie Oscar Piastri is in right. probably this one of the bottom slowest cars, yeah. the McLaren car, which probably will get better throughout the season. Like they'll make improvements to it, but right now is just not super competitive. And he uh, he finished, I think, in fifteenth this week. He did. So, he was in fifteenth. the The highest one I, the, of the name I don't recognize is Nico Hulkenberg. Is he new as well? Well, he's new. This year, as in he wasn't on the grid last year, but he is also an older driver who was in oh, F1 a few years okay. ago. Um, so he's a really experienced driver, but he's not like a he's you know he's not a 21 year old, but he also isn't uh, he's not Fernando Alonso either. He's not okay. That, that All old. right, happy for Fernando Alonso for the aged one on this podcast partnership. <laughs> I am happy for him at 40. I think he's for like I said 41 or 42, and on the podium twice. Even though this last one was a bit of a yo yo, but. Uh, Good for him. So happy for him. Uh, so it's uh, no, it, no, it is next week. So they have another week off, right? Yeah. Because it's not till the beginning of April. I know you're you're pissed off. What are you going to watch on Sunday morning? I, I know it's exactly right. I it, it bums me out. But two weeks I'll be in Australia, so uh, we'll chat about it again then. And at that point, we'll be getting to the end of uh, the championship area of the NCAA tournament going on right now. And you know, at this point, uh, it's it's been. It's been pretty interesting what's been happening um, as far as upsets have occurred. 
Which of the upsets that happened in the first couple rounds of the men's and women's tournaments were the biggest shocker to you? Because I think Fairleigh Dickinson probably would be mine just because I didn't know it was a school that existed before uh, any of this. But I also have to say Stanford losing for the women's, the women's Stanford team losing was actually shocking like they are a really good team so i don't know what what were you more shocked by well i mean you already have do you have don't we have two number ones out in both right yes well indiana lost to indiana miami, to, to miami. In, in men's and women's hoops, right so that's also super that's, that's pretty well but the indiana women's team was the number one seed and miami was a number nine seed they beat oklahoma state played indiana I don't think anyone thought they were going to beat Indiana. And they led the entire game. Indiana yep. was not able to they, – they tied it up a few times, but they were never able to even take a lead in that game, which was just completely unexpected. Yeah, it, it, it really, really was. I mean, it's – that and who were the, the, the twin girls on Miami? She, the one made both free throws and shushed the crowd. <laughs> Well, Haley Cavender, I think she's a 97% free throw shooter. Yeah, like she has yeah. an insane insane uh, free throw shooting percentage. So that was crazy. I watched them play Notre Dame in December here in Miami. Notre Dame was in town playing them. Um, and I think Notre Dame was ranked number four at the time. And Miami was, I think they were unranked. And Miami took it down to the wire, yeah. played them really hard. And it was a close game. Notre Dame barely escaped with that win. And it was like three days after Christmas. So I was like, you know, maybe they're tired from traveling. But I think this Miami team actually, like, they're they're really underrated when they're shooting well. And so, yeah, they upset Indiana. And it was pretty shocking. Yeah, it was definitely shocking. There's, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I, I, think, I think it would still have to be fairly Dickinson, right? I mean, to be a to be a 16 and win, I think is just I I, I mean, I I don't know where where else you go with that. I mean, it it's it's tough not to look at that and say because it's only happened twice. So, yeah. a great a great win for them. They lose in the next round uh to FAU is going to take on Tennessee, but I I think you have to look at that, but you you do always look at the women's side and say there's more chalk. I think they said this is the first time since 98 on the women's side that two number ones have not made it to the Sweet 16. Right. I think there has been there have been a lot of upsets this year that in the first round that you could maybe attribute to like the seeding wasn't right and on right. both sides of the bracket really, but when it comes to Stanford and Indiana losing, like even if Stanford was a 2 losing in the second round, that's shocking. Like that yeah. doesn't happen very often. Usually the top three seeds make it through the first weekend in the women's bracket because those are the programs that really have the best recruits and put the most into their programs year after year. So you don't see a lot of like crazy upset names there. But um, yeah, I going back to the Fairleigh Dickinson-Purdue upset, was there ever a point when you were watching that game where you were thinking you kind of felt bad for Purdue because – here are these players that had a really good regular season. And yes, a lot of, a lot of, you know, basketball pundits thought they might be the first one seed to be out of this tournament. Right. And those people would be right, but you still expect to win the first game just out of sheer odds that that never happens. The 16 has only ever beaten a one once before. It was only so a couple of years ago. Yeah. You, and it was, it was the Virginia UMBC game, but you, you feel like a little bad. Cause you're like, they definitely thought they had one more game. 
And now for a lot of them, it's like their college career is over. And also maybe the whole world was rooting against them because they were, you know. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that the majority, because that's, that's why people watch this tournament, Jess. That's why it's the Cinderella stories. That's why it's the Fairleigh Dickinsons of the world who you end up rooting for. And nowadays people will throw money on and win tons of money. And last week, we were, I was talking to Mitch Henderson, the coach at Princeton, where they, they're still in it in the Sweet 16 as a number 15 seed. And you sit there, and so now this is the second time a 16 seed has won in the last few years. We've seen 15 seeds win before. 13 seed has won as well. Are we getting too hung up on the numbers that are next to these teams <laughs> anymore? Because I... Is, I don't know if parity is the right word because there's still dominance going on. Yeah. But we just see more and more. I'm sitting here looking at the men's side, and only in the in – the, I go by brackets. The upper left, you're still – or I'm sorry, the women's side. Let's start at the women's side. The upper left, you have one, two, three, four. And that's usually where you see the chalk. And on the bottom left, you have eight, five, six, two. Mm-hmm. And then the upper right, you go, what, one uh, – oh, no, nine, four – Three two, and then down in Seattle, it's one. It's one two three four. So you have two brackets that are actually chalk in that, and that's where you normally see most of the chalk. But there's even maybe a, and I'm not sure statistically, is there a little less this year on the women's side? Because on the men's side, we start to see it more and more, and you just wonder. I don't think ten sevens are much of upsets anymore. Mm-hmm. We see fives beating twelves all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just—I wonder how much that that number next to the team has has that much meaning anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think you can like you can certainly look at specific instances where you wonder why a team got a five and why a team got a twelve, and like how you could, like we all have conference bias, right? Like if you win one of the big five conferences and especially in college football, like this is like the perennial problem in college football is that the power five conferences have so much more weight than, you know, the mid majors or the group of five schools in football. And so like in the women's bracket, I know that Washington state getting the five seed was, you know, kind of controversial, I guess you could say, because they won the PAC 12 tournament, but they were not as good as the team that they played against Florida Gulf coast, which, had a, a way better regular season, but play in a smaller tournament or in a smaller conference. So, like, you could look to specific ones where, like, yeah, maybe the seating is messed right, up. Right. But obviously, like, making a 64 team bracket is probably the hardest job in the world or, or one of the hardest jobs and making everyone happy and trying to compare when, when the pool of teams that can make it is so big. I don't know how I would do a better job with this. Like I, like yeah. we just talked yeah. about me being compu- confused with time zones <laughs> in like 15 minutes. I can't fathom having to assign a one through 16 number to four different groups of schools. So, I mean, it's it's hard to say. But like you said, I mean, I I do think people get hung up on the number and and when you're picking a bracket, certainly, and you're not like a you know a diehard fan, certainly like the number right. carries a lot of right. weight and right. maybe yes. it shouldn't. Yeah, but it's hard to. You know, for fans, it's hard to follow 64 teams throughout the season and really come down to like the nitty gritty of, you know, is this is this 12 going to beat this five or whatever? It's just it's it's so it's so hard. And, and I think and listen, I am never one to to hold my hand up and say, boy, did I call that because I know <laughs> the teams. You know, I just know every year there's going to be at least one five that beats a 12. So I usually pick a couple and I'll get one or two right. And it'll be like, yeah, okay. That doesn't mean I know the teams, 
You know, that me just means that this is how the brackets go. You know, on the men's side, we have no chalk at all uh, in the Sweet 16. The closest was the Midwest, where it's Houston 1, Texas 2, Xavier 3, Miami 5. So that was pretty close. You know, the, the Kansas getting knocked out in the West was surprising. So there, it's an 8-4 Arkansas-UConn, then a 3-2 in Gonzaga-UCLA. So that's actually pretty close. And in the East, it's 9-FAU, 4-Tennessee. Tennessee's defense, by the way, is stifling. Man, are they fun to watch on the defensive side. And then Kansas State, a 3, and Michigan State, a 7. You wonder with all that Michigan State has gone through. Now, listen, Tom Izzo is a Hall of Fame coach. He's one of the greatest we've seen. And he's had his team up there an awful lot. You wonder how much of a, for what that school has gone through, of, of how much maybe a sentimental favorite they might be for some people rooting for them. And then I'll, I want you to talk add to that. And then quickly, up in the south, it's, it's Alabama 1, San Diego State a 5, and then Creighton 6 and 15, Princeton, which is just amazing. But I just wonder how many people are kind of leaning toward Izzo this year for, for all that's going on with Michigan State this year. Yeah, I, I also wonder about um... – People like me who didn't watch any FAU basketball who then tuned into that Fairleigh Dickinson yeah. FAU game and now are like, I, I don't know, they're kind of my favorite. Maybe I have South Florida bias, but they were really fun to watch. Um, that would be cool to see them make it to a Final Four. But, Mike, as we talked about last week, I am just garbage when it comes to making any sort of bracket and filling it out. And I'm so grateful that we had Julian Edlow from DraftKings yeah. on the show because he bullied me out of having Virginia as my yes. champion. And I changed it, and now I have Alabama winning. So they'll probably lose next because I'm a complete jinx. But um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know who I'm rooting for in this. Like, there's, there's so many like fun storylines left. Like you know, like you said, Michigan State, uh, UConn, Arkansas, Xavier, and te- and Texas. Like I, I don't even know Miami playing Houston. You know, it's getting interesting again. And by the way, my final four was Texas and Houston, so I still have a shot at that. And then I have Texas actually winning it all. Then I had I had Kansas and UCLA, um, and I and I already lost out on Kansas. I had Kansas and Texas on the, on the right side. And then the left side, I had Alabama, and I had Tennessee. So I still have a chance for that. So I picked Texas as my champ. So I'd like to be right, so I'd like to see that happen. But if not, I'd love to see someone down a little bit, you know, one of the lower seeds, um, kind of go ahead and, and get this thing. So, But what's been interesting to me, and, and again, living in Connecticut for all those years as an ESPNer uh, mm-hmm. and a Notre Dame grad, we've had, you know, when we were there, when I was there again, this was in 1998 we moved there to 2021, so... This is when UConn men and UConn women were just dominant through that time. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids had to go to school in their Notre Dame shirts, you know, and, and get razzed on, even though Notre Dame won the title in 01 when we were there, and the battles back and forth of how good the men and women were. And then the men, you know, have really kind of fallen off, but they're coming back now. They're, they're looking pretty good. Um, they play St. Mary's uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the West, so we'll see what happens there. And while the UConn women aren't what they were, they're still, they're playing well right now. They got some people back and playing well. So it's mm-hmm. interesting if that program, you know, men and women's side, both starts to get near the top again. 
Was wasn't there a year where they both won the oh, yeah. championship? Oh yeah, two thousand thirteen or Jess, I passed no, that two thousand ten maybe. I pass that sign every day in Connecticut driving to ESPN. <laughs> they have signs up on what year they are they won, and they're I mean it's it's unbelievable. You know the dominance that they had uh, for such a small school up in Stores, Connecticut. But it's interesting to see them kind of going that way again. Now I think South Carolina is going to win it all, but. I watched the South Carolina UConn game. South Carolina started pulling away at the end of that game when they played in the, in the regular season. But uh, they're starting starting to play well. And Gino Oriema is a people either love that guy or hate that guy. <laughs> um, we should probably mention Notre Dame, like you said earlier, made it to the Sweet 16. They're playing Maryland, the, the two seed in their bracket. And if they win, they'll play probably South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina's playing UCLA. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, but. Notre Dame. I, did you watch the Notre Dame Mississippi State game? Because as far as nail biters go, like that was probably as stressed out as I've felt in a really long time. Probably since the Outback Bowl, yep, watching yep. Notre Dame play in any sporting event, that was quite, quite a, quite a finish for them. Yeah, and and we, as we both said when we were talking about the brackets last week, I mean, with with the players they have out, it's just tough to think that they're going to be able to, especially if they get by this one, they have to face South Carolina. That just it seems like a a bit of a tall task it does but you know we're happy that they made it this far because uh it's been really fun watching them play and i i give a lot of credit to neil ivy for winning two tournament games with a completely injured backcourt so credit to her so we'll we'll see how it all goes we'll see if uh if your bracket's not already for shit if you can save it it somehow my mine and mine's hanging in there anyway on the the (laughs) men's side i i still have a couple of the the Final fours in there, and I have my champion still alive. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Let's let's finish up with some football because there's always football news going on. One of the, the big news the last time we did this was there was really two things. There was Aaron Rodgers coming out of the dark and basically saying, you know, it looks like the Jets, which we'll get into. And then Lamar Jackson, we are, you know, a number of days into where teams could be making offers to him. Again, as mm-hmm. a restricted uh, tag that he has on him, a team would have to give up two first-round picks and obviously get a deal done with him. And we know he's looking for that guaranteed deal. And just at this point, there's just no – it doesn't look like right now there's any suitors in sight. Now, again, they don't have to be right now, um, but it just – you know, you know, last you heard from Carolina, the brass in Carolina basically saying, boy, he's a heck of an option, but a really expensive option because mm-hmm. it will be at a very expensive option. So I, that one still, while I think Aaron will end up with the Jets, but what a thing that's turning into. This Lamar Jackson thing, man, I, I, I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, right now it's basically Baltimore said, hey, we couldn't come to an agreement. We'll tag you in a way where you can get offers from somebody else, and then we can match that. And right now, there's not a whole lot out there. You know, so was maybe Baltimore right in going down this road? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I, like, I think a lot of the, his teammates have come out and publicly said this is, you know, this is a mistake for the Ravens to do, right? Like, we've right? seen a few messages like that supporting him. Yeah, it's weird. It's also, like, I find it, I find it strange that it's been a week now since – this officially was yeah. able to begin and like there still hasn't been anything on him or Aaron Rodgers saying like, you know, I intend to join the Jets kind of made it seem like it was imminent. And now it's been a week since he said that and it hasn't happened yet. And I don't know 
who's holding who hostage there, but he seems to he seemed to put it all on the Packers' shoulders. So I don't know. I what what is the timeline for this? Like, when do you actually think we're going to see moves for either of these guys? Well, I mean, for for Lamar, that one. I mean, I'm I'm kind of throwing my hands up on that one. I mean, teams have already made moves for quarterback. Teams have put themselves in position to draft quarterbacks, like Carolina. You know, sitting with the number one slot, and then. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the possibility of four quarterbacks going in the first five picks of this draft. So that means those teams will be set with their quarterbacks and won't be in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. So it, it's getting real iffy, Jess. So, you, again, I wonder if Baltimore, while they're looked at as the bad guy, and how could you do this if this could actually flip where they're going, see? You know, yeah. I mean, no one no one else is throwing that kind of money that he wants at him. So everybody, you know, ripping us for not doing it. Nobody else is doing it either. And again, they, they we could sit there and say they're the bad guys. And this bottom line is they have the ability to match and bring and bring Lamar back. Well, I do think that the, the thing that's strange is that there's a number of teams. And yes, like from what is being reported, if you can believe it, he, he wants a really, um, really expensive contract. And yeah. he wants most of it guaranteed if not all of it, but there's like a number of teams out there that would be a lot better if they signed him. Yes. And they haven't sort of made any sort of indication that they want to do it. And I find that to be peculiar, uh, but you know. Two, two teams that, are, that right away, Colts, Falcons. And I know the Falcons have had Desmond Ritter and I, they maybe want to build on him from what they saw last year. And the Colts have nobody. The Colts are going on starting their seventh quarterback in the last, a different starting quarterback in the last seven years, which is unreal. But those two teams right there. And, you know, you hear the lines, Lamar has every right to feel disrespected by the Ravens. Fine. I mean, again, fine. Make Baltimore the bad guys. But the way this works is Lamar may not have a choice of where he plays. If he, even if he gets an offer somewhere else, Baltimore can match it. You know, and then and then, like I said, this is the way you don't like it. Okay, that's fine. You may not like it, but that's that's how this is played, and I think that's how Baltimore is playing it right now. You'd have to look at Baltimore and saying, well, okay, you know, maybe we were right to not just give him all that guaranteed money because no one else is jumping at it either. Like I said, there is bad blood, guys. The one thing you should never do is take it personal or get emotional, but that's so much easier said than done. I don't care what level you are of money. You do that. I did it when I was a free agent. I took it personal between Philly and Miami. And, you know, again, everybody's in a different situation. Mine was for hundreds of thousands of dollars. His is for tens of millions of dollars. But it's all relative to the person. Mm-hmm. And and it's it just hard to, to just say it's a business and leave it at that. So that one is going to be get interesting. The Aaron Rodgers one, a lot of that just is going to be Green Bay can try and hold out until they get a great price. Mm-hmm. from the Jets, right? But then there's the line, are you going to get a price that you can use this year? Or do you have to, if you if you don't do a deal till after the draft, you obviously can't use it on any draft picks this year. It's for the future. But if you make a deal before the draft, you, you can get some picks for this year to actually get assets right now. So that that's kind of the teetering line to me is, do you want to get what you can get before the draft so you have, you can get people out of this draft? Mm-hmm. Or do you say, screw it, We'll just wait until they up the price, even if it's next year's draft that we have to use it in. That's fine. We'll just wait. So I think that's kind of where we are right now. Interesting. So we're we're all in limbo with 
Aaron Rodgers in the darkness, so to speak. It does seem like he's going to be there, though, doesn't it? I mean, it's just a matter of of when, not if, but when. I think so. I mean, it it certainly seems like that is what he he was saying. But at the same time, like he does everything so strangely that nothing really surprises me with him. (laughs) And, and, And I wonder, too, because, again, there are domino effects to this. And I mentioned this. Last time around, if that all goes through and he plays there and they get some of the receivers they, they got, on paper, New England is going to go in as the worst team in the division. right? I mean, that, that's be right, correct? I mean, because... Well, they just we, signed Juju Smith-Schuster. So well, that was really know. a trade-off of Jacoby Myers, <laughs> who, who they let go and they got who they to... Left. Right, yeah. Josh McDaniels. Can we talk about the Raiders briefly? Because like they've, they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. They traded Darren Waller. They signed Jacoby Myers... Like, are they better or the same? Because I would say Derek Carr's probably a better quarterback than Jimmy G. Um, I mean, quite honestly, I'm with you because it was their I, defense last year that stunk. So, right. It's it's a, it's strange. Well, I don't know what any of these moves indicate. Can you explain them to me? Here's why I don't know if the Raiders are better. Because, A, their defense still stinks. And I, I'm a fan of Darren Waller. And they traded him away. Yeah. You swap wide receivers you still have Josh Jacobs who had a monster year so you get him mm-hmm. back and you have Jimmy G so and you but you lost Darren Waller who I really liked so I don't think they didn't did much to get better there because by the way their defense they need a hell of a lot of help on that side of the ball like I love Detroit went out and did they had their secondary was an issue they went out and they got secondary help there's a lot of teams that have made moves and now back to New England they haven't made a ton of them outside of swapping players in and out they haven't really extended themselves so you sit there and and people will start to wonder will this have an effect on Bill Belichick's he's still going to walk into the Hall of Fame I mean there's no day he's one of the greatest coaches of all time but he hasn't done a thing since Brady has left and they are now in danger of on paper and I know we don't play the game on paper we'll wait till the season but all we can do is talk well, about they haven't now really done anything during the season no they season, haven't so to speak. They, they, they absolutely haven't so I mean again all of a sudden are we talking about them is this really the the worst team? I mean, last year the Jets were seven and ten, Patriots were eight and nine. It's not like they were that far ahead of them. So, I mean, that's going to be really, really an odd thing because we're always so used to putting New England up near the top, and uh, and that that just might be over for a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It might actually be a really good division like that. The AFC East. Now you have the Bills. The Dolphins were good when Tua was healthy yeah, last yes, year. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers could be starting for the Jets. Even if he's older and slower, he's still better than probably any quarterback they've had ever, like oh, in the, yes. the history of their yes. franchise. I would, I would so, agree with that, yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, I mean, the New England's probably, like you said, the, the weakest team on paper. Yeah. So, But they have a Hall of Fame coach as well, so maybe they'll win some games. But, um, yeah, I think it might actually be a really interesting division to yeah, watch for once, yeah. which it hasn't been for 20 years. It's been mostly the Patriots. I, I completely agree. So we'll continue to see what happens there. The draft, obviously, coming up uh, at the end of next month. Um, and there'll be, obviously, some moves before that. But we'll have all different kinds of, you know, Mach 5 draft, Mach 10 draft out there and everything. I still said, I said it last week, I'll say it now, I think C.J. Stroud will be the first quarterback uh, taken in this draft from Ohio State, uh, but we'll wait and see. We got a lot of time before that. I see your dog has entered the picture. She's ready to take her. Ah, uh, she's as such soon a cutie. Stop ta- talking. Yeah. Such a cutie. I bet she knows what time it is. 
<laughs> yeah, dinner time. <laughs> yeah, it's always dinner time, though, for dogs. It's the it? only time that she cares about. All right, Jess, I will quiz you at the beginning of our next pod on what time, on what it, time is it is and what is. time zone we're in. Yes, yes. <laughs> I guarantee I will get it wrong. But yes. Yeah, sounds good. All right, see you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.